Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. Amen. Now let's get to the message. Come on, somebody ready? Awesome. Awesome. Well, let me see where I'm starting. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 19 says this. uh, Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more, with a continual lust for more. If you have that in your Bibles or your your iPads or your iPhones, underline that, circle that, that word more, because the title of this series is Sex, Drugs, Money, More. And I I think we talked in the first message of this is that our biggest issue in life or my biggest thing that I'm constantly trying to fight is my desire for more. I see it in my son, uh, even, even at his young age. I, you know, I, I, you know, and I try not to manipulate him, but sometimes to be a parent, you got to learn great skills of redirecting is what we call it. You know, we say, if you do this, then I'll give you this. And usually it's a piece of candy or we have this treasure box that my wife has got from the Dollar Tree. We went to the Dollar Tree and picked out a thousand gifts that will all break within five days as soon as they open them, but they work, right? And we have the treasure box and we say, if you do X, Y, and Z, you can have this, the, the treasure box. You can dig in there and you can pick whatever you want. And, 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 you know, it works for a second. And then my son will always make this comment. He'll say, okay, dad, I'll do it, but could I have two? And then I'm like, no, you can't have two. You can have one. Isn't one good enough? No, I want Two, and then, then somehow I'll give in and say, okay, you can have a candy and a treasure box. And as soon as I say that, he goes, but can I have two candies and a treasure box? And I've been discovering that in my son is me. That this is what I do with the Father. As soon as the Father gives me something to redirect me into his purpose, I'm always looking for more. There is this desire for more. And we know that God put that desire in us, not for the things of this world, but so we would long for more of him. That no matter how much we had of him, we could be hungry more. We could be like a deer panting for streams of water while we're drinking. This is what it is, that, that we are content while longing for more, that we are satisfied while longing for more, that we have given ourselves into lust and long for more. You were taught, in verse 22, with regard to your formal way of life, to put off the old self. When you got saved, baptism is just a symbol an outward symbol of what happened when you got saved. When we baptize someone, we take the old man and we bury him in the water and the new man or new woman rises from, from that watery grave. This is what happened when we gave our life to Jesus. We buried that old person. We got rid of that old man, that old woman. You have to receive this before we can move on. You have to believe this before we can walk into who God's called us to be. Because if... You are just 
a remodel of who you used to be, you have missed it. If you are just the old house with a few new fixtures from Target, you've missed it. Because God's saying, I tore down the old house, got rid of the old foundation, and I built something completely new. You have put away your old ways. You have put away. This is what happens in the church. We go, man, I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, no. The moment you got saved, you are no longer a sinner. The sinner has been buried with Christ Jesus. You are now a saint walking in the grace why do I say that? Because then you will always give yourself an excuse to be who you used to be. I am just an ugly person with makeup on. No, you are a new creation, baby. You are not plastic surgeon on your spirit. You have been given a new spirit to walk in new grace. You are not who you used to be. I know you aren't who you ought to be yet, but you've been born again. Amen. Okay, good. We're, we're preaching now. You were taught in your old way with regard to your old, old way of life. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This leads me to my second point that someone would have told me. I wish they would have told me when I was single. The first one was, if, you, if you're taking notes and you weren't here, and I'm not gonna go deep on this, but the first thing that we need to do that I wish someone would have told me is we need to deepen our relationship with God. We need to deepen our relationship with God. And I told you this last week, I know that's what your pastor's supposed to say. I know that sounds Christian, and I know that sounds religiously correct, but we're not so much talking about the deep part, we're really focusing on the relationship. That it's not just about going deep in knowledge it's about going deep in wisdom and knowledge <laughs> listen to this if you got onto the plane that i was flying and as you got onto the plane they say hey you know our captain it's his first time flying today uh he learned how to fly uh, on google he's been watching lots of youtube videos and he has all the knowledge about how to do it so do not fear everything's going to be okay because he knows how to do it he's just never done it now, now, that is knowledge without wisdom. Wisdom is he's been flying since he was 20 years old. He's now 50 years old. He's been on 500,000 flights since that day, and he's made three executive decision landings, emergency landings, and he's made it through all of them, and he's flying today. All of a sudden, you sit calm, you get your coffee out, you put your feet up. Why? Because we are really searching for wisdom, not just knowledge. You say, why are you, why are you telling us this? Because I want you to walk away with wisdom today. Now, 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 wisdom is not just knowing something. It's walking in what you know. It would, be, it would be not advantageous for us to go deep with God in knowledge. We want to go deep with God in wisdom. That's why God invaded humanity and say, hey, guys, I know you have a lot of knowledge about me, but now let me show you how that knowledge works. You know, what the, you know what the storm in the boat was? It was God showing them how to test the knowledge they had. He was showing them that I know you know that I am God over the atmosphere, but now let me show you that I am God over the atmosphere. 
See, many people don't understand that when you walk through things, God is actually trying to deepen your relationship with him because now the knowledge you have is being tested for the first time. I've known in my life many times when I was single or even now, I've, I've run from wisdom not knowing that God was allowing the knowledge to be tested. Let me, let me explain that. We get in church and we meet someone in church who's, who's a jerk. They shake your hand, they smile at you, and then they talk bad about you. They stab you in the back. Oh God, no, not this church. No, this church too. Why? Because there are broken people here just like you. They're still trying to figure life out. They're crazy, man. Look out. They're crazy just like you crazy. Right? And then, and then we get mad and we go, man, I'm going to another church. And we walk in with knowledge that this church will be somehow supernaturally different than that church with the same crazy people in this church. And we get confused. And this time it takes one month. Then we go to another church. And this time it takes three years. But it happens. Why? Because people are broken and frail and fragile. And you know why it also happens? Because God's trying to get you wisdom. He's trying to test that knowledge you have. What is the knowledge you have? God's love is supernatural. I can love when it's not convenient. Love is not limited to borders or, or, or loving back. Love is a decision. Love is a commitment. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not rude. So God goes, can you love someone rude? And you go, well, that was just knowledge. I'm trying to show you that it's wisdom. I'm trying to help you walk in this wisdom. So, so we need to deepen our relationship with God. If we're ever going to get in a relationship with anybody else, we need to first deepen our relationship with God. Now, now here's what I do want to say, and, and before I go on to number two, which is why I brought you to this point today. This message is not really for single people, even though I'm saying the seven things I wish God would have told me when I was single. Most of these things came out of counseling appointments with married folks who never got their singleness down and now are still walking through the same drum. Look, can I tell you this? Whatever you enter marriage with, this is, this is, this is like worth something here. This is valuable, I'm about to tell you. Whatever you enter marriage with, when you say I do, the things you came in with do not supernaturally disappear. It's not like salvation. I do, and all of a sudden, all your lusts are gone. All of a sudden, all your idiosyncrasies are gone. All of a sudden, all your insecurities are gone. No, no, whatever you intermarriage with, guess what? It gets magnified on the other side. So, so, so most of these things that I got are really for married folk, but I'm trying to help you before you get there, okay? So, so, so look, I, 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 I am tired of people treating singleness like it's a disease, right? Because singleness is not a waiting till. It's not a bad place. It's actually the place God has you. And I know that my God never makes mistakes. He is perfect at all times. So if he put me here, he has me here on purpose, for purpose, so I could walk in my destiny. I think in the church, we ought to start honoring singleness. Right? We ought to start honoring the place of singleness because actually, in, in fact, when you're single, you can actually have a deeper relationship with God than really when you're married. Yeah. Yes, that might mess some of you up, but, but the, my Bible is clear that when you're single, you can focus on going after God. When you're single, you can, you can have a prayer meeting all night and no one ain't going to get mad about it. 
Look, if my wife wants to have a prayer meeting all night, I'll let her pray for a few hours. But I'm like, hey, honey, you know, a man's got needs. Like, I, I, I'm into you praying. But, but, and it says a married person is, is concerned and focused on the affairs of the world. Like, I got to feed my babies. I got to feed my kids. I got I to gotta take care of my wife. I got to make sure she's okay. But when you're single, there is only one person you have to please. There is only one person you are worshiping, right? You are walking with. And so I want to encourage you. And if you think that when you get married, your relationship with God is going to go to another level. And you can't do it when you're single. Look, pray all night if you want to. Walk through your house speaking in tongues if you want. I mean, go after God. No one else has to worry about it. You don't have to worry about anybody. You don't have to feed anybody else. You go after God and you give God your best so that when you get married, you will be ready to give God your best and also give your husband your best or your wife your best. This is a great moment. This, there is no other time like right now. There is no other time like the present. Take this thing by the horns and live life with all you have. Look, singleness is not death. It's life. Honor your singleness. Thank God for your singleness. Praise him for your singleness. I, I wanna, I, this leads me to my second point. My second point is this. Seek a whole life while you're single. Seek a whole life. I wish someone would have told me that. I wish someone would have said, Jeremy, you can have a whole life while you're single. Like you can be completely whole while there is no one else. You know, most uh, single people I've found and most times in my life, I I was half a person looking for my other half a person. That supernaturally, when these two halves got together, we would make a whole. We, we got a lot of people in church that are three quarters of a person kind of walking in, searching for one day, waiting. You know, most single people's life is spent waiting. Can, can, I, can I put this out to you today? What are you waiting for? Yeah. I'm a woman in waiting. No, no, be a woman of God. Be a man of God. You don't have to have someone else to make you whole. In fact, if you need someone else to make you whole, you will just make another half. Because two halves in math don't make a whole. And neither do they in marriage. Uh, I'll just say it this way. Uh, uh, You were made in the image of God. Is God half? Is God three quarters? God is whole all by himself. He needs no one else. He needs no board of directors. He needs no blueprints. He stepped out all by himself and created this universe. You have things you can do when you are whole in yourself, when you are complete in yourself. You don't have to wait for someone else to come along to make you feel good about being you. God said you are wonderfully and beautifully made. You are whole because you were made in his image. You know, the enemy's biggest trick is to get you to think you weren't made in the image of God. To get you to think that you need someone else to complete you. Oh, she completes me. Well, just a matter of time. Till you realize she makes you a mess. Because what completes you is the perfect picture you see. But as soon as we unplug the projector of what's being projected because you are in love with love. Instead of in love with a human, frail, messed up person. You're in love with the projection of perfect. 
because they're perfect, but you haven't been through all seasons with them. What happens in winter with them when they're reminded of when someone passed away? Or what happens with them when an insecurity comes? What happens? I know you know what happens with them when they got the job, but what about when they don't have it? Let's unplug the projector for a second and see the other person you think's going to make you whole because you're looking for something perfect and you're not going to find it. You have to find perfection in who God made you. You, he made you complete. You got to figure out that you are complete. You don't need a man. But if one comes, praise God, hallelujah, I am whole. I am ready. I am sane. I don't need you to tell me I'm beautiful. I know I'm beautiful on the inside. But thank you anyways. Right? We are made in the image of God. God is singly whole. And for those who don't feel called to marriage, this is good news. You don't have to do something that you're not called to. You are whole all by yourself. You are satisfied. You are complete. In fact, that's the only place when you finally discover that you are whole in who God made you, that you are ready to add another person to your life. Don't add anyone else to the story if you don't realize that you have a story that God made all by yourself. Amen? Now, when we see ourselves as half, we are continuing to search for them and missing on working on us. If you realize that in yourself you are not whole, stop searching for them and start asking God to search you. Start seeking him over him. (laughs) Because if you enter into any relationship as half, anything less than whole, You will continue to be a deficit to that relationship and jump from person to person to person. Now, look, I don't know if you watch Shark Tank, but it's one of my favorite shows. I love when people come in there, but the one one question they want to know before they get into business with you is they want to see your books. They want to know how have you been handling your finances. They want to know how many sales do you have. What markets are you in? Why? Because they want to know if what they're getting into is a whole product or they are in deficit. No one that is wise gets into a relationship with any business that is in deficit. Where you need me more. You need what I have to continue. No, I am looking for someone who has a great product, who has everything they need without me, but together we're going to go to another level. Look, I encourage you not to enter into relationships while you're in the red. Get out of the red. Find your way out of, the re- out of the deficit and find your way into the red blood of Jesus and let him wash over you and let him remind you that I made you whole, I made you complete. You don't need a man to tell you. You don't need a woman to encourage you. You have me and that's all you need. Amen? Amen. And if you don't, you're going to cling to them so tightly that you're going to strangle the very life out of them. Because you're trying to make them make you feel good about you. And you are too heavy 
for anyone to carry for the rest of time. For a while, they could carry you. But certainly at some point, you're going to say, you know what? I carried you for a season, but you heavy. I mean, everyone in this room, I, most people in this room, I could probably pick you up and carry you for a while. But at some point, no matter how skinny you are, no matter how feather-like you are, at some point, I'm going to look at you and say, you know what? You got two feet. Can you walk? Because these arms are tight. My kids, they, they, they have legs. They work. They're stronger at times. The sugar, it's just adding, and the chaos, and they could run laps and not be tired. I don't know how to wear them out. They're like puppies. I just can't wear them out. But most of the time, they want me to carry them. Dad, and, and out of the kindness of my heart, out of the love, I pick them up and I carry them. And sometimes I forget I'm carrying them and I'm just walking with them and carrying them. But after a while, I look at them and say, you know what, child? There are other things I got to do. Can you please? You are now 20 more pounds. Can you please carry yourself? Can you please Use your legs. Can you please just, I know you lost your shoes. I don't care. Get to the germs in downtown LA. You're going to make it. Can you please walk on your own? And, and sometimes if they won't, I'll find some kind of vehicle or device to put them in just for a while. But after a while, if we're going to be honest, if you're going to be mature, you got to be able to walk on your own. It's chivalrous where a man after the marriage picks the bride up and carries her across the threshold and he smiles for a picture and he sucks it in like he's really got it. But if the flash don't work, he's like, okay, you just stand for a minute while we get this camera thing worked out because you're too heavy to carry for a long time. Look, we, we, if we are going to remain half, we are asking another person to carry us for the rest of life while we have our own legs. No one can carry you for the rest of eternity and neither can you carry someone else. Look, it's only children and the elderly we have to carry. The sick and the ones whose legs don't work quite anymore. It's time the single people and the married people in this world that are connected to Jesus wake up and say, look, I don't need anybody else to carry me. I am completely whole in Christ Jesus. He gave me the strength to walk on my own. I'm not waiting for somebody else. Many of us are like the, the paralyzed man, the paralyzed woman waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting to live. I'm waiting to, I would love to go do this, but I don't really have anyone else to do it with. And we sit in our house and we sit in our lives and we sit on our Instagram, hashtag goals. I wish I had this and I wish I had that. And I'm just waiting because I can't move forward. I would love to take up snowboarding, but I don't have anybody to teach me snowboarding. And I would love to go do that cute little pottery thing that I see all these couples doing, but I can't do it because I don't have them with me to put their hands around me like ghosts. And we would create the pot 
And so, in other words, I'll just sit here and wait for someone to come along. One day, someone will come along and I can live life. Can I tell you this, folks? Life is too precious to keep waiting on someone to show up. Ladies and gentlemen, live your life. Live your life. Every day is a gift from God. Every day you wake up and breathe breath into your lungs. If you want to take up snowboarding, go find the bunny hill and ski yourself down. If you want to jump out of an airplane, go jump out of an airplane. If you want to start painting, start painting. This is the only life you got. You're not getting another one. And once life is gone, it's gone. And the devil would love you to waste the greatest strength you have on waiting for someone else to show up so you can live your life. Guess what? It's time to live your life. It's time to wake up and smell the roses. You are alive and breathing. You're not waiting on a man. You're not waiting on a woman. You're going to go after who God's called you to be. Right. Oh, someone but Right? Live your life. Get some interest. Say, what interest should I get? I don't know. Everyone has different interests. What one person does that makes them feel bored, the other person does and goes, wow, this is incredible. I mean, I love movies. If I go to the movie and I watch a movie where at least five people get machine gunned down and a guy lowers through the roof and, I mean, there's explosions and CGI, I'm like freaking out. I'm just like, this is amazing. I take my wife to the same movie and she's shopping on Instagram. I don't take her to those movies because it costs me a lot of money. Right? What, what gives one person life makes the other person feel bored. I can't tell you what you got to get into. But here's what I would challenge you to do. Make it this year. I'm going to learn how to be alive. This year. I, look, look, can I tell you this? No one's attracted to a corpse. Well, I mean, some people are, but we won't talk about that in this setting. Right? In general, <laughs> very few are attracted to corpses. And here we are, walking corpses. What do you do? I don't know. I don't have any hobbies. I don't have any things. I've just been waiting for a long time. I've been waiting so long. I have a lot of dust on me. And we're wondering why people feel like we're stale, cold, and stiff. And we are. It's time to get out of the rigor mortis. It's time to wake up Lazarus from that grave. It's time to be, take on your life. Quit waiting for some man to give you approval. Quit waiting on some woman to give you life. Jesus gave you life, and that's all you need, baby. No one's attracted to dead people. We're attracted to life. Look, get a full life. Well, when you actually go out to eat, you're not just talking about, oh, boo, you look cute. Oh, I love your new hair. I just love, and you get on the phone, you're like, oh, are we going to breathe for another hour on the phone together? Yes, because we have nothing to talk about because we don't have full lives. All we have is each other. This is those people, as soon as they get into a relationship, they leave all their relationships, they leave all their friendships, and they only do what the other person wants to do. Why? Because they didn't have a full life in the first place. They were waiting for someone else to come along to finally live. Look, get a life. Get alive, so, and I'm not saying that in a mean way. Get alive. God gave you this life. The Bible says life is but a vapor. It's gone. That's it. That's all we got. But it is so powerful that that one vapor echoes eternity. What are you doing with your vapor? Why are you waiting? 
Stop being and waiting. Today is a good day to live. Today is a good day to stop eating off of old dead things, old dead relationships. Who left you? Who walked out on you? Who got married? Who didn't do it right? Who didn't say it right? Man, some of us are sitting around waiting on people that are gone. Gone emotionally, gone physically. We're waiting around. And the people that are in heaven right now that are saying, man, you're waiting because I passed away, are shouting down, you only got one life. Live your life. Stop mourning me being gone. If God could speak to you from the people that have walked out, you got to believe you're amazing. You got to know who God made you to be. You got to say it like David, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God, if I were to think about how you think of me, if I were to number and count the thoughts you have of me. I couldn't find enough sand on the seashore to compare to how much you think of me. There is never gonna be another me. There is never gonna be a, look, most of us are waiting for somebody else to encourage us. When all you have to do today to find that courage is open your word and hear what the God of the universe is saying about you. He says, you're great. I made you amazing. I gave you a purpose and a destiny. And if you receive that, you know where a real attraction comes from? It comes from people that believe they're beautiful on the inside. I've met a lot of beautiful people that feel ugly on the inside. And no matter how much you tell them, you look great today, you can see it in their eyes. That kind of like, oh, thank you. Because I'm just starving in that area. I don't believe I'm beautiful, so now I need you. Please don't leave me. Please don't walk out of me. I I need you to keep telling me that because you're my only lifeline. You're my only hope. This is the people in this room that as soon as someone likes you, you like them back. Oh, he likes me. Did you consider anything about his life? Are you ready for this? Well, why? Because we're so starving for someone to fill up the inside. You, You could paint a bomb any color. You could put the best makeup on a bomb put the best makeup, put the best hairdo, but it's still a bomb. The bomb does not detonate from what's on the outside. It detonates from what's on the inside. You have to allow Jesus to come in and begin to speak over your life of why he designed you the way he designed you. Why did you leave this out? And why, why'd you make me this height and make me this strong and make me this weak in this area? God, show me the beauty in my deficiencies. You know, you've been around someone who actually believes they're beautiful. And even if they're kind of like not really great looking on the outside, you kind of say things like, well, he kind of rubbed off on me, you know, I did, just being around him a long time just kind of worked out. This is what my wife would say about me. I mean, it's not that I'm ugly, but I married up, right? But I knew who I was on the inside. So eventually I became more attractive than Mr. GQ on the outside. You know what I'm saying? This is what you have to catch. You have to begin to believe that God designed you. He made you. You have to have a full life. I'm not talking about being prideful. I'm talking about being normal. You know, the Israelites, when they finally got to the promised land, they sent in 12 spies to see the place. They they got through the Red Sea. They got through the desert. 
They've seen manna fall from heaven. They've seen water come from rocks. And they got finally to the place God had promised them. Or maybe for you, it's you finally got to marriage. You finally got to that relationship. The thing that you've been dreaming of. And out of 12 spies, only two saw correctly. Because they had something different on the inside, not on the outside. The Bible exactly says that Caleb and Joshua, it says that Caleb had a different spirit. That's what the Bible says. Meaning Caleb had, he had tenacity on the inside. He knew he was a son of God on the inside. It wasn't about the outside that saw him, caused him to see things different. It was what was on the inside. You know what the other 10 spies said? They said, man, the the grapes are huge. They said, look, we have to carry them on poles. They're so big. They said the food is there, the, the land flows with milk and honey as God promised, but the descendants of Nephilim are there, which was the giants of their day. And man, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. You know what's crazy? Never once did those 10 spies ever talk to the Nephilim. They never talked to the giants. But for some reason, all they could see was that we look small in their eyes. How do you know what their eyes are saying unless you actually have a conversation? Unless on the inside, they believe something about themselves that no matter how others looked at them, in fact, the Nephilim were afraid of the Israelites. In fact, we find many scriptures, even in Joshua, where they said, oh my gosh, the Israelites are here. Shut up the walls. Everywhere they've gone, their God has supernaturally met them. If anything, the Nephilim were afraid of them at their gates. But they said in their words, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. You know what that tells me? Is how you see you will always destroy how you believe others to see you. I could see you as great, but as long as you see yourself as a failure, as long as you see yourself as nothing, as a nobody, you will thwart and you will mess up every eye that sees you. Look, I came to talk to a group and I said, it's time we get a Caleb spirit. It's time we say, God, strengthen the inside. Strengthen who you've created me to be. I don't need anybody else. I am going to be singly whole in who I am not walking around saying I don't need anybody no no I don't need anybody to complete me Jesus is all I need he has completed every work every good thing inside me and you know what how can I call ugly what he calls beautiful how can I call cursed what he calls blessed just stand to your feet all over this room we're not here for knowledge we're here for wisdom let's walk in this one thing Stop looking outwardly and start looking inwardly. First, we got to let go of dead things. If we're going to be alive, we can't eat dead things. God has called us eagles, not vultures. Vultures eat dead things. Eagles search for live prey. It's time we start chewing on the word of God that is alive. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And maybe in this room you're married and you don't feel whole in yourself. Maybe it's a good time now to begin to be who you've been called to be. 
You were made in the image of God. Would you grab your hands of your neighbors all over this room? Jesus, we thank you, Father. We thank you. We are not in waiting. We're not waiting for somebody. God, you did everything you're going to do in our lives. And we thank you for the cross. We thank you for what you've done. Come on, if you're in this room and you say, man, I'm making a commitment to live a whole life. Starting right here. I'll never get this day back. I'll never get this time back. This is my time to live. I'm a, every day is a gift from God. Thank you. Come on, if you're going to live that whole life, I want you to squeeze your neighbor's hand. And say, man, I'm going to ready to live that whole life. Maybe you're married saying, man, maybe I haven't been living that whole life, but I'm choosing. I'm going to live a whole life. I'm going to find what brings me alive. I'm going to find why God made me unique. I'm going to explore every area, every aspect. Holy Spirit, we pray right now over this crowd, over every hand that was squeezed, over every commitment that was made. God, we choose to live life to the fullest. God, we're not waiting. We're not one day. God, right here, right now. We ask for your presence, God, to help us resurrect these dry bones, resurrect these dead people, God. I pray, God, you would give us life, God. Lord, that we wouldn't sit around waiting. We would get interest. God, you you gave us flavors and taste and likes and dislikes for a reason, God. We pray we would explore those, God. And Lord, we would take every day as a day, a gift from you, God. We thank you for these gifts in Jesus' name. Now, if you could keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed and your hands held to that person. The Jesus we serve does not make bad people good. He gives dead people life. He wants to get, take that old dead person and bury him. And he wants to give you a whole new life. This is why we call it being born again. If you're in this room, I'm not asking if you've been to church. I'm not asking if your grandma prays or if you're a good person because it's not really about that. It's about having the life of Jesus flowing on the inside of you. If you're in this room today and the sound of my voice and you need that life, tired of waking up dead, tired of going to sleep dead, you need that life. I want you to squeeze your neighbor's hand on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. If your neighbor squeezed your hand on the count of three, I want you just to lift it up. Ready? One, two, three three come on hands are going up all over this room i see those hands 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 thank you for listening if you have something that you need prayer for we would love to pray for you visit fearlessla.com fearless tv to fill out a prayer request or find more information about fearless church